If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution prior, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs. And a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention, and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more with your customers today. It's Create Like the Greats, a podcast where I take you into the inner workings of how some of the greatest creators of all time did or do what they do. I'm your host, Ross Simmons. I'm the founder and entrepreneur. I've created companies like Foundation Marketing, which works with some of the top SaaS companies in the world. And on this segment of the show called Journal Entries, I take you a little bit behind the scenes into my world, a little bit behind the scenes into the things that I'm doing on a regular basis, whether it's investing in a startup, a technology company, whether it's launching something new, a project, collaborating with a new partner or a peer in the industry, or simply talking through some of the techniques and strategies that I've been able to use to create my life and develop a life that I enjoy. What I'm going to be talking about today is one of the key things that has fundamentally changed the trajectory of my career, changed the trajectory of my life. And something that has a true sweet spot in my worldview, because when I go back into time, it's something that I never thought would have actually been a part of my life, a part of my career. And that is speaking at events. Over the last few years, I've had the opportunity to be flown all over the world to speak at some places that I never would have imagined, whether it's Stockholm, whether it's Romania, whether it's places throughout the US, all across Canada and beyond. I've had the opportunity to speak at universities like Harvard. I've had the opportunity to walk into rooms that I never thought originally would have been possible because of public speaking. And what I want to talk about today is how I've been able to unlock the opportunities that exist through public speaking, how you can have a 100K year exclusively on the back of public speaking. That's what I want to dive into today. I want to dive into how you too can find greatness through public speaking. Let's get to it. Everyone loves speaking, or at least a lot of industries love speaking events and conferences where you have an opportunity to learn from people who are better than you, brighter than you, know more than you, and use that to essentially give you an insight into how to excel, how to improve. But the system behind breaking into speaking, actually getting on the stage, feels like a secret to many. So what I want to do today is I want to pull back the curtain. I want to pull back the curtain and talk to you about what it takes to get to that main stage. And when it comes to this, there's oftentimes one elephant in the room that always needs to be discussed, and that's compensation. A lot of people don't want to talk about it, but it's key. It's one of the messiest parts of the speaking game, but it's also one of the most important. You're probably wondering, do you always get paid? Does it make sense to speak on stage if you're not getting paid? A lot of people come out and ask, how much did you get paid to speak on this event? 
do you always get paid? Do you charge, et cetera? These are the questions that get asked time and time again. And I want to give you a glimpse into the way it works. Some events will pay. Some events will not. Some will pay you a fee and cover your travel costs, your flight, your room. They'll even cover all of your meals. They'll get you a rental car. They'll actually have the car, a driver hired to pick you up from the airport. They will invite your peer, your partners to join you on this event, whether it's colleagues or your own spouse. They'll cover them. They might even throw in a token of appreciation where they invite you to actually go to Disneyland on their dime. Different events have different budgets and different events will offer different things. Some of them will say, we'll just cover your travel costs. Some of them will say, we don't have much budget, but we can give you 500 bucks, 200 bucks, something like that. And some of them will say, we're not offering you anything. We're giving you the opportunity to be a, have exposure to our audience. And what you do with that exposure is up to you. But we're going to put you in front of these people. The spectrum, as it relates to speaker comp, is completely wild. You can actually engage with some of the most well-funded, publicly traded companies who are putting on an event and they will offer the speaker a $75 honorarium or a $200 honorarium and say, you have to cover your own hotel, you have to cover your flight, your own room, et cetera. We're not going to cover any of that. You just get to us and we'll give you this as an honorarium or we'll make a donation in your name. Yet, I've seen some small grassroots event organizers that are tiny, that have very little budget, that are barely breaking profitable, offer five, seven K plus travel for speakers. It's truly the wild, wild west. It's truly the wild, wild west when it comes to how much an organization might feel they should or can offer you as a speaker. I know some speakers who charge $500 a talk. I know some speakers who refuse to charge to speak at an event. And I know some speakers who will charge 50K for a talk. The things that matter when you're making these decisions are going to range. Brand association, sponsorship, your reputation, your experience, your following. Are you an author? Do you have expertise? And of course, can you actually sell tickets? These are the things that people are thinking about when they are making a decision of whether or not you should be comped or not to actually speak at their event. If an organization already has established significant clout in an industry where they are seen as a leader, where they are seen as the pinnacle of excellence within a certain space, it doesn't matter if you have 10,000 followers on Twitter. They're going to look at that and say, we have 200,000. Us associating with you is actually a benefit to you more than us. Now, on the flip side of that, the brand association with that organization that might have 200,000 followers would view a celebrity, somebody who is a true celebrity in the industry with 500,000 followers, 1.2 million followers, as someone that they would benefit from having on their stage because that person's going to bring with them a better reputation. It's going to be easier for that organization to potentially even sell a sponsorship of that speaker's fee to another company. What do I mean by that? Imagine, for example, that you have hired Beyonce to keynote an event. Beyonce is not going to be cheap. Beyonce being a keynote is probably going to cost you probably $5 million alone, right? So let's say that's what the cost is. 
what brand is going to cover that? Well, maybe you reach out to a top music company. Maybe you reach out to a software company that wants to partner with Beyonce. And you say, you'll have the opportunity to introduce her. You'll have the opportunity to have 20 minutes behind the scenes. And it's going to cost you $5 million for that. So they, they work out these deals behind the doors. And that gives them the ability to cover the costs. This happens not just at the celebrity level, but also at the micro-influencer level within industries as well. If you're bringing in a tier A influencer in a specific niche, sometimes organizations want to be associated with that presenter. So they will approach the event organizer and say, I want to sponsor this keynote that is being given by insert celebrity's name here. And when this person gives this presentation, I want to be able to introduce them. I want to be able to talk about our business. And in their slides, I would love to have our logo in the top right corner. I will pay the $30,000 speaker fee that they're charging you if you give us that opportunity. These are the things that a lot of speakers, a lot of folks in the industry don't even realize are going on behind the scenes. But these are things that allow these events to actually run. They're also thinking about whether or not this person can attract actual ticket sales. Is the person, by them being on our roster, going to increase the likelihood that people are going to buy from us? Is this person going to tweet about our event? Are they going to share it on their Instagram where they have 40,000 followers that happen to be within their space? Are they truly an expert or are they new in this industry? Somebody who's an expert in an industry who has clout, who has reputation, where the risk is low that they are going to bomb on stage, can ask for money to speak. Someone who is fresh in the industry, who doesn't necessarily have the reputation as somebody who has been in the industry for a long time, is not going to be able to ask for as much money. When I first got started in marketing, I was taking any speaking opportunity that I could because I wanted to build up my expertise. I wanted to demonstrate to the market that I could go on stage, rock the mic, and be able to put on a show that would not only be entertaining and educational, but would also be something that would leave your guests feeling like they got value out of buying a ticket because I was there, because I was on stage. And when you go into it with that perspective, I believe you increase the likelihood of being invited back. And I believe that's why I do get invited back because I go in and I give it my all. I always leave the stage with 100% of myself being left on it. I'm exhausted after I get off that stage. So why in the world would anyone speak for free? Well, in the early days, it's kind of like being a stand-up comedian. You might get free drinks at an event. You might get free dinner. And you're not getting paid big bucks. But you can find other ways from speaking. When you are a comedian, you sign up for all of the open mics and you don't get paid to do the open mic. But you're doing it because you want to fine-tune your craft. You want to get better at your craft. And by practicing, getting better, and constantly showing up on stage, you are improving in public. You're not going to be great the first time you step on stage. If you are, you're probably in the wrong industry and you should make your way into the world of Hollywood because you would probably be an amazing actress or actor. If you are realistic, you have to ask yourself, how good are you? How good are you in comparison to everybody else on the stage? And if you are average, then it's possible that you will be expected to speak for free or that you will be expected to just have your travel covered. And that can be a good thing too. It can be a good thing because you're still working on your craft. You're trying to go from average to expert. You're trying to go from average to great, to being one of the top three speakers in your space, in your industry, every single time. 
the way that you get there is just like a stand-up comedian. You keep practicing. And then you think about how you can monetize your talk to ensure that you are getting ROI out of this thing. So do you have a service? Do you have a product that you can offer people in the audience that they would find valuable? If you can do this, this can be a benefit. If you can give away something free on stage that even acts as an early step within your own sales funnel, that too can be of value to your audience. What do I mean by that? If I have a service, let's say services surrounding marketing, if I tell people while I'm speaking subtly that this is an offering that I have, people will be more likely to follow up with me if I do a good job on stage asking if I can help them. Or if I include in my presentation a checklist that they can download today right now and there's an audience of 500 people and 200 of those people download that checklist, ching ching, I just got 200 new people into my mailing list. If I tell them to follow me on Twitter and 80 of them do, ching ching, I just got 80 net new followers. 80 followers that potentially one of those 80 could buy from me in the future. Meaning I might get my payback from speaking on stage down the road. If you work at a big company though, things get a whole lot more different, right? If you work for a big company that will cover your costs and benefit from you being on the road, the compensation doesn't really matter. You want to get on the stage. You want to get the brand out there. You want to represent the brand and the brand probably wants you to represent them. And by you taking the time to actually do that, it's a win-win. It's a win-win because the brand is now getting their brand story in front of 800 people. You're winning because you're not paying to be there. The company's paying for your travel. The company's paying for you to be on the, the stage. Your company's covering your expenses and you are getting a chance to stretch your muscle. You're learning how to do presentations in public. You're learning how to build relationships. You're networking. And you could potentially be planting seeds for your next chapter in your career. But at the end of the day, the company's covering it. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're just getting started and you're running a company with little budget, the compensation is an important piece. The compensation can be make or break. If you don't have the money to fly yourself to an event, you can't do the event. You would have to take out debt. And these are things that are a huge, huge challenge for those who don't have much. I can tell you this because I was one of those people. I didn't have much when I first got started. I was broke. I was in overdraft. I had no money to my name. But I knew that there was a benefit in public speaking. So I started to do local events. I started looking for local events and recording those local events. And as soon as I started to share that content online and more people started to reach out asking if I could speak at their events. I asked them simply, could you cover my travel? Could you cover those costs? And if they said yes, if they said yes, we will cover your travel, then I would be there in a second. Because that was my biggest hindrance, the ability to actually cover the cost to travel. When I first got started, I was living that, let's put $5 in the gas tank kind of life, right? So paying to fly and speak at an event was just out of the cards. So I prioritize speaking at local events. If I was to look at the market today, podcasts, webinars would be my jam. That would be where I would prioritize building my, my market, my reputation in, in the space. By having a podcast or being on webinars, you don't have to actually leave your home to like travel, but in doing so, you're able to reach thousands of people, demonstrate how well you are at being able to rock the mic, 
And from there, you can determine whether or not this speaking thing is going to be something that you really invest in. Local events are cool because they give you five key opportunities. Five key opportunities that I think everyone needs to know. One, you can become better at your craft, right? Two, it's more cost efficient. You don't need to jump on a plane. Three, you get to know your neighbors so you can build some allies within the community. And when you go to the grocery store and you see someone from your talk, you kind of feel like a local celebrity. <laughs> feels cool. Some folks and organizations locally will pay you, which can be nice. But the fifth and the most important piece is that you get footage that you can share at bigger events. If you can record yourself speaking at a local stage on a local scale and you record that content, you can use it to pitch bigger events. Speaking is a leveling up game. You start at a local meetup. You use that experience to land speaking at a startup incubator. Then you use speaking at that startup incubator to speak at a local media conference. And then you use that local media conference to speak at a national media conference. And then you use that national media conference to speak at one of the biggest industry events in the world. And you document all of it over and over again until you are able to go from one place to the next and one place to the next. Document it all. When you start showing up to speak at these events, don't just show up and speak. Record the talk. Use this as an example of how you rock the mic. So what do you do after you've recorded that talk? What do you do to get more speaking events after you've rocked the mic? You promote it. You upload that to YouTube. You upload that to TikTok, to Instagram. And you create a speaking page on your website.com. You create a speaking page and on that website, it's going to talk about you as a speaker. It's going to tell the story about you as a speaker. It's going to have your bio, your description, and you're going to embed that video of you speaking on stage. Hopefully, you did a good job. And hopefully, when somebody watches that video, they're going to say, I want this person to speak at my event. Webinars and podcasts also give you a great starting point at that first level that we talked about of getting onto the main stage. If you can deliver a great webinar and use that as your experience and tell organizers that you've delivered 10 webinars in the last six months and include links to them or even a podcast, they're going to be able to listen to that and get a sense of whether or not you're truly able to rock the mic. And that's going to be a good opportunity for you. Another way to get on the radar for events that is oftentimes not talked about is building relationships with existing speakers. On a regular basis, I get emails from event organizers asking if I know anyone who could speak at a certain event at a certain time on a certain topic. I can't always do them. I can't always accept an event. I've got three little ones now. My definition on what I want to do with my life doesn't involve constantly running around the globe from event to event at this stage of my life. But there's an opportunity for a lot of people who are looking for speaking events to be introduced. Now, this isn't a straight up request to reach out to me right now on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn asking me to make those intros to you. But if we build a relationship, I can definitely start passing those along. That is a play. I have a handful of people who I pass event opportunities to because we have a relationship. If you're someone who thinks you can deliver a great presentation and other speakers believe you are as well, they'll start to throw your name around. They'll start to put your name in the ring when somebody starts asking them for speakers. And you can build these relationships 
by using social media. Whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on LinkedIn, you can build relationships with speakers. They're not untouchable. They're not these magician, magical creatures who are, are unable to be accessed. Everyone can be accessed if you build a relationship. Comment on their work, retweet their posts, reply to their questions, promote their work, and all of these little moments over time get you on their radar. Relationships are the backbone of business, folks. You need to build relationships, not just with existing speakers, but also with event organizers. And from that, you have to be okay with rejection. Let rejection act as a motivator to you to get better, to improve. Let it inspire you to level up. I've received a ton of rejection letters over my career. Rejection letters where people told me that, no, it's not a great fit for you to speak at our event and due to limited numbers, each track and the amount of submissions submitted that are similar to yours, we've decided that we're not going to be able to incorporate you into the program. This is something, something possible. This is something that can happen to all of us. It's happened to me. I've been rejected multiple times and that's okay. Once you get that rejection, I just, I challenge you and push you to keep working on your craft. Keep leveling up. Don't allow rejection from a dream conference hold you back from wanting to do more. I can remember when I got a rejection letter back in 2018, it hit me in the heart and I replied and saying, I'll apply again, don't worry. And I'll come and I'll rock the mic and I'll be a top speaker. Shortly after, I couldn't even squeeze that conference in. In the next year, I was in San Jose, San Diego, Denver, Boston, Sweden, Philly, Wisconsin, Quebec City, and so many places. Oh, the places you'll go to if you don't let rejection slow you down. Here's the thing, folks. Public speaking can change your life. How? Relationships, opportunities, travel, connections, new experiences. You can do so much if you can make public speaking a key element of your business in your life. If you can speak well, if you can go on stage and rock the mic, you can generate a lot of income. I've had years specifically where I've generated nearly 100 to 150K exclusively on the back of public speaking. This isn't talking about like service revenue. This is the compensation to actually go on the road and speak. It can be a very lucrative business. It can also be a very exciting business. You get to meet some amazing people, people who you would see as industry leaders and experts. And behind the stage, you're, you're sitting there chatting with people whose books you've read. It can be an amazing unlock of growth, of opportunities, of networking, and so much more. And when you start to go up the levels and people start to offer you things that give you the opportunity to bring your family and friends with you, peers with you, colleagues with you, it becomes even more fun. So I encourage you, no matter if you are shy, like I was, Shy Ross, again, that was my nickname, or somebody who's an extrovert that is tempted and excited about the potential of getting on stage to speak, I encourage you to start local. Find a few events, throw your hat in the ring, and see what happens. You enjoyed this episode, please. We appreciate all of the love. Share this on social. You never know if somebody out there is struggling with the idea of public speaking and might be trying to figure out how they can break in. Send it to them on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. And if you do find this valuable, please 
Give us those five-star reviews. Let us know that you love this show, that you're enjoying what we're doing and creating. And if you're consuming this via one of your favorite podcasting platforms, I want you to also know that we are on YouTube. Check it out. Give me a quick search, Ross Simmons on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. And over there, you'll find more content just like this. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. And stay tuned for the next episode of Create Like the Greats. If you want to know how to create like the greats, let's break it down.